And in this uncertain world, it behooves us to ask the question, is our God's grace sufficient to allow us to live in a powder keg world, uncertain in every turn? Is His grace sufficient to allow us to live with peace in our hearts? Thanks for tuning in to the Putnam City Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message encourages you wherever you might be. If you'd like to learn more about PCBC, visit us online at pcbc.tv. Well, good morning. It is such a privilege to be with you today. Um, I look out across this crowd of many friends uh, that I haven't seen in a while. And I, I must tell you that you look older than the last time I, I saw you. I, I'm sure I look the same. It is always, uh, you know, during this time of um, the pandemic and, and some things going on in our life at home, I have watched uh, your services regularly. I love your pastor. I've known him since he was a youth minister here many years ago, and uh, I love to hear him preach. You are such a blessed people, amen? amen? To have a pastor like Brother Bill, great leader, and, uh, and so it's a real honor that he would entrust me with his pulpit today. And I know he's going to watch, so I just want to say, hello, <laughs> Brother Bill. That's all. No other word. Open your Bible to uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 1. The book of Revelation, chapter 1. To all you mothers, God bless you. And what a wonderful blessing you are in our lives. And so many of us, I, I look back on my sweet mom. She's in heaven, and I'm glad her prayers go on after her. I wouldn't be here today without her prayers, and I suspect many of us could say the same thing. Revelation chapter 1. I want to begin reading in verse 4. John, to the seven churches in Asia, grace and peace to you from, and that little word from is a very important word. You ought to circle it in your Bible because it, it really is the lead-in to everything else that comes. From the one who is, who was, and who is coming. From the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, glory and dominion are his forever and ever. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Behold, he says, look. He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, including those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. And I like this particular translation of the next word. This is certain. Amen. I don't think I would have to press this point very much with you to make a simple statement. And that is that life is uncertain. Reality is we're all one ambulance ride away from having our world rocked. 
or one appointment with a doctor when they use that ugly C word. And believe me, I understand that word better today than I've ever understood it. Or when a spouse walks in and looks us in the eye and says, I don't love you anymore. And I'm out the door. Or when a child breaks your heart and walks away from the faith into a world that wants to tear them apart as a prodigal son or daughter. Life is uncertain. And the fact of the matter is, for all of us as Christians, we long to know if it is real, if our faith really takes us through uncertain and turbulent times. Is our faith in our God who promises us that he will extend to us sufficient grace in order to let us go through the storms of life with peace in our heart, can he do it? Jesus said, I'll leave you peace, not as the world gives, but I give you a whole different kind of peace. It is my peace, he says, but the fact of the matter is, can he pull it off? <laughs> Yes, our, our lives are uncertain. But you know, our world is uncertain. Do I need to prove that? I mean, we've just been through a worldwide pandemic that, that brought our global world to its knees. Millions have died. We don't know when it will ever fully stop. It's an uncertain world. Truth of the matter is, we live in an uncertain world, and, and while we usually live among the trees and rarely get up to look at the forest, the truth of the matter is, if you only listen for a moment, you'll understand that we live in a world that is like a keg of dynamite. There are madmen in our world who, with the press of a button, could start a, a cataclysmic event that would change the face of this world in a second. In fact, I like what Vance Havner, the old preacher, said. He said, when describing our world, he said, our world is like a chimpanzee with a blowtorch in a room full of dynamite. <laughs> and in this uncertain world, it behooves us to ask the question, is our God's grace sufficient to allow us to live in a powder keg world, uncertain in every turn, is his grace sufficient to allow us to live with peace in our hearts. But I need to take it one step further. In fact, I want to bring it a little closer home. We, we live in a, in a world that is uncertain in our culture. Our culture is dramatically changing every moment of every day. Truth is, John understood that quite well. He lived in that kind of world also. He lived in a world where people with biblical faith and with fundamental truths to live by according to the way of Jesus, he, he understood that, that, that our world hates us and wants to destroy us and take us out, that we live in a world in which our belief system is counter-cultural. Now, you know, in America, we're, we're pretty prone to sort of ignore that because the truth of the matter is we've lived in a country that had a Christian worldview casting its shadow over us. But dare I say to you, that is not true anymore. 
Like the Christians of John's day, we, we walk into a world that, that at best simply wants to reject the truths that we live by and that we believe and that we preach, and at the worst wants to destroy and take us out. John knew this. That's why this book is so important to him. John's day was an incredible day, and it it sounds more and more like us. In fact, could I just say to you that we're not moving to a better world. We're moving to a, a more difficult and uncertain world. In fact, we are moving back to the very days in which John lived. Our world is more like John's than it has ever been in our history. Christians of John's day faced all kinds of persecution and ridicule and oppression. In fact, let me just give you a a couple of quick examples. The fact of the matter is, when you live the Christian faith in his world, you were certain that you would suffer. When you walked into the Agora, the marketplace, you were asked to bow before Domitian and the, the the altar to the mission and declare that he is God. And and listen, it didn't matter whether you believed it or not. Some would say you can just bow and move on and keep your faith in God. John said you can't do that. You either take your stand and live by it or else you will compromise and lose what you have. Fact of the matter is, John would say that in his day, If you didn't bow, you would suffer the consequences of being discriminated against in the Agora and boycotted if you owned a shop because you refused to bow at the throne of Domitian. Sounds kind of familiar. In a world in which John lived, Christians who lived out their faith declared that marriage was between a man and a woman for life. And it was countercultural to everything that was going on in the culture in which he lived. And, they, and because of it, Christians were ridiculed and suffered. In his world, Christianity raised the position of women to a place of, of equal worth and value. And in his world, they were thrown away as nothing more than almost slaves, even in the home, and were were cast aside and shown disrespect. And Christians said, no, our Jesus loves everybody. And Jesus has taught us to respect women and love them and care for them and cherish them. And marriage ought to be a wonderful place for a woman to abide. In John's world, Christians said, we We take no thought of others. We see every person as equal in the sight of God. Every person after the image of God. Every person is a person of value and of worth. And in the church there is no status. All, no matter who they are or what they are, they can be a billionaire or they can be a a pauper. We are all the same in the eyes of God. And their culture couldn't stand it. And so they lived in a very uncertain time. And the question is, the question they were asking, is God's grace sufficient to carry us through this 
ridicule, discrimination, cancel culture, on the wrong side of history culture. It's his grace sufficient to carry us through with peace in our hearts. God's answer might surprise you. Some people pick up the book of Revelation and say it is a it is a timetable to the end of time. And while there is some of that there, that is, that is not the message of the revelation. Here's the message of the revelation. In the very first words of the book, it says, it is a revelation of, about, and, and by Jesus Christ. God's answer to uncertain and turbulent times is not a Google map through uncertainty. It is a person. In fact, Adrian Rogers said it very well. He said, we don't need to, God's plan is not a road map. It is a relationship. Grace and peace does not come by more money in the bank. Grace and peace does not come by getting your circumstances right. Grace and peace come from our triune God who loves us and cares for us and wants to give us his peace in our lives that passes all understanding. God gave John this message to those Christians of his day to encourage and challenge them to stay true to the faith and by the way it is a message to us today so what is that message well if it begins with a promise he says now listen to this it's a greeting it's a salutation but it's more than that Grace and peace. Here's the promise of our God. When you come to him in faith, you will live with grace and peace in your heart. He will give it to you. And his grace is sufficient in every need you have. And his peace will stay you through the storms and the vicissitudes of life. His grace and his peace can be yours if you'll only come to him. Because it's interesting, he says, grace and peace, and who does that come from? That's why that word is so important, from, he says. First of all, grace and peace come from our God who reigns. He is the sovereign God of the universe. Our peace is not caught up in some other thing. It is caught up in the person of God himself. You see, here's the facts. Some people can make a promise. You ever made a promise you couldn't keep? Well, I've done it. You meant well, but something happened that you couldn't keep it. Listen to me. When our God promises us grace and peace, this sovereign God of the universe is big enough, powerful enough, great enough, awesome enough. He can fulfill it. He can make it happen. You don't have to worry. Look at the way he describes him. He says he is the, he is the who he is, the who was, and the who is coming. I like to say it. He's the I is, the I was, and I'm going to be. Harkening back to the image of, of Moses standing and falling on his face before the burning bush and out of it the, the I am speaks. Listen, we, we're not serving a, a wimp as a God. We're serving the almighty God. He is, he is a God who is omnipresent. There is never a time in history when our God is not with us. There is a, never a moment. He is not boxed in by time. Isn't that awesome? He lives in eternity. There is no clock in eternity. So I can preach as long as I want to when that happens. (laughs) 
He is omniscient. Listen to what he says later on in this. It's almost like bookends. At the, in verse 8, he says, I want you to understand, he is the, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Listen to what he's saying. I'm the A to Z and everything in between. I am omniscient. I know everything about you, and I know everything about our world. There is nothing that is coming in your life that I don't know about. Listen, our God is never caught by surprise. You may be, I may be, but he's never caught by by surprise. He is a purposeful God. And everything that enters your life, he has a purpose to bring you to the other side and let you drink deeply of the well of his grace and experience his incredible, indescribable peace in your life. So we didn't have any troubles, never had any tribulations or trials. We never know how wonderful his grace and peace is. But he's not only omniscient and never caught by surprise, he is also, listen, he is the omnipotent God. Do you see that word at the end of verse 8? He is, he says, I am the almighty. Now, I can just put it pretty simple because I look at people and I think they're simple people here today, all right? So let me just place it this way. He says, I am the almighty. That means he is almighty, okay? That means he has no rival. He has no equal. He is the only, the only true and living God. He is the only sovereign of the universe. I'm going to tell you what, what he promises, he can pull off. You can count on it. But this is our triune God. He is not only God the Father, he is also God the Spirit. He says there are these seven spirits. That is simply a a use of symbolism, seven being the the word that means completeness and and totalness. And he says, my Holy Spirit is before my throne. He is ready to move, to move into your heart and life to do whatever is necessary to give you victory in life. Let me tell you, oh, we Baptists need to grab hold of this. The Holy Spirit, the living God, lives in our body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. He is not an influence. He is not a power. He is the person of holy God who lives in us. He lives to empower us to overcome temptation and sin, empower us to face trials and tribulations and hardships and uncertain times in our life, turbulent times, if if you will. He lives in us to empower us to take those on and to win the victory. The issue is not whether he is with us. The issue is whether we will uh, walk with him. You're walking in defeat today. It's not because God hadn't done everything for you to keep you from doing so. If you're living with your dauber down today, you need to understand our God is a God who gives his Holy Spirit in order to break through the dark hours of your life and lift you up. He is an awesome God who is on your side for you, in you, and doing in you what only he can do. And then he comes to the Son. Oh, listen, John knew the son well, didn't he? He had walked with him for those three years. He had lived with him. He knew him. And when, and when the angel started unfolding to him this picture of the son, it was as if all of, all of the experiences of his life just came flooding out in him. And the description of Jesus is very pointed for the hour of uncertainty. Listen to what he says. He is the, he is the faithful witness. 
You say, well, that's a nice title. What does it mean? It means that he is the faithful and true one. We wouldn't know God if it wasn't for the faithful expression of God in the person of Jesus Christ. He declared him. Everything he ever said about God is absolutely true. He is a true witness. In fact, he is not the he is not just telling the truth, he is the truth. And then this word witness, it is the word martyr. No wonder it comes out in our English to describe one who dies for the faith. Jesus Christ was more than a martyr because the fact of the matter is he not only lived as a faithful witness and died as a faithful witness, I'm going to tell you something. On the third day, he got up. Amen. We don't worship a dead Savior. We, we worship a risen Savior who's in the world today. He's in your life. And in every uncertain circumstance of your life, listen, our reigning, ruling, sovereign God in the person of Christ, the resurrected Lord, is among us. And if he defeated the last enemy, why do we need to worry whether he can defeat all the others? And I want to tell you, like, like Elijah on Mount Carmel, I want to tell you, my God's bigger than your God. He's a resurrected Lord. He says not only that, but, but he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Now, that ought to settle some things. You know, Putin and Xi and, and Kim Jong-un, who is so caught up in himself and thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread, and all the other dictators of the world, all the Hitlers of history, listen to me, they are one day will bow before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the ruler of the earth. They are simply, they are simply pawns in his purposeful movement toward the end of time. Our Lord holds the world in his hands. You know what happens to John? He wasn't Baptist. You know why? John wasn't Baptist because I'm going to tell you right here, he cleared the spot and had a fit. He said, this is my God. This is my mighty awesome God. And he said, I, I just am, I am so full of praise and adoration to him. He just broke out in a doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow, he says. He says, oh, I, I want you to know I'm praising him today <laughs> because my Savior loves me. Look at what he says. To him who loves us. Let me ask you a question. When you go, in certain, um, go through uncertain times, haven't you, or others around you, don't you hear people saying, I just wonder if God doesn't love me anymore? We put your lip out and we say, I, I'm just not sure he really cares. John says, not, not that God loved us in the past. One of the wonderful things about the original language is that there is so much richness in it. He's not saying God loved us. He says, oh no, he loves us. He loved us in the past. He loves us now. And he will never stop loving us. Oh, listen, that's why Paul came along in Romans chapter 8 and said, let me tell you something. Nothing can separate us from God's love. You wonder when you go through tribulation and trials, does God love you? I'm going to tell you, just take a look at the cross. Do you need any more evidence? 
Do you think a God who sent his only begotten son and a son who left the glories of heaven to be nailed to a cruel cross, not for his own sin, but for your sin and mine, do you think a God like that doesn't love you? Listen, some of you needed to come here today because you need to hear this. God loves you. No matter what you're going through, doesn't matter what you face, doesn't matter how uncertain your circumstances are, you need to understand the God of heaven loves you and has shown you that through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, which he says has freed us, point in time, once and forever, freed us from our sins. Oh, I'm going to tell you, that'd make, that'd make a Baptist want to dance. I mean, think about that. Not, not, not quite that bad, but all close. Here's what he's saying. You need to understand something. You need to understand that this, this great God of ours, this in, incredible Savior of ours, this one who loves us, loved us so much that he took away the penalty of sin from our lives and he broke the power of sin in our heart. We can live on the victorious side of life if we'll only surrender to him. That's how great his love is. It was by his shed blood. Oh, well, that ought to help you to understand his grace is sufficient. It's, it's plenteous. It, it can deal with the darkest secrets of your heart and the brokenness of your life. His love is so great and his grace is so deep that it doesn't matter where you are today. Our God will reach out and take you in his arms and love you if you'll only turn to him. And he'll give you his peace. He, he loved us and he freed us. <laughs> but more than that, he made us a kingdom, his kingdom. And he made us priest. Now, that may sort of run past you and you go, I don't know if that's such a big deal. Oh, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. That, that, that simply means you don't have to go through some intermediary. You don't. You don't have to come to the pastor or some preacher or some ordained person. No, no, every one of us are, are made priests in the kingdom of God. And let me tell you what that means. We have direct access to the throne of grace. In fact, I like what the writer of Hebrews said. He said we can boldly, with confidence, come before the throne of grace. Oh, my. Oh, in your darkest hour, when everything is uncertain and falling apart, run to the throne of grace of God and let him let him give you mercy and grace in the nick of time. That's what it says. Well, if that's not enough, John sort of sums it up and says, Oh, to him, to him be glory and dominion. And later on in the revelation, glory and power and dominion. Listen, we're going to be singing the praises to our Lamb, to the Son of God, to God, our sovereign Lord, to the Spirit of God. We're going to be singing it throughout all of eternity. And when we have been there 10,000 years, we will not mind the depths of His grace, His peace, and His love. Oh, but there's one other thing. <laughs> and and I, I just have a minute, but, I, but it's a good minute. You see, the one who gives us grace and peace, it comes from our sovereign God, our triune God. Grace and peace comes from the one who is our Savior, who loves us. But oh, now this, this, is, this is the creme de la creme. This is the, this is the capstone of it all. 
Our grace and peace come from the King who is coming. Now, let me tell you something. There are a bunch of people in this world think that we've been 2,000 years dilatarying around and, and Jesus wound this world up and someday it's just going to fall apart or settle out. I'm going to tell you that is a lie of the pit of hell. Listen to me. History has an appointment with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He will be the one who will put a period on the end of history. And all of the potentates and all of the, all of the evil ones and, all, and Satan and all of his demons will come crashing down and will become a footstool at his feet. At his feet. That's, why, that's why God would not leave John without knowing the king is coming. Well, listen, every Christian ought to keep their eye cocked to the Eastern side. Listen, we ought, to, we ought to live our life not just mired down in the uncertainty and muck and mire of our world. Listen, we ought to live every day with that, with that blessed hope ringing in our ears and burning in our hearts. The King is coming. Oh, listen, the Scripture says He's going to come in the clouds just as He left. You remember on the Mount of Olives, he ascended into heaven, and, and the disciples were standing there staring like a, a calf at a new gate, and the angel said, listen, you, you need to remember this. Just as he is going into heaven, he is coming back in the same manner. This is not the end. He's coming back. He'll come back for his church. But I'm going to tell you, there's coming a day when he's coming back, you understand. And when he will come back, when he came the first time, he came as a humble Savior. When he comes the next time, he will come as the exalted ruling King of kings and Lord of lords. The scripture says that every eye will see him. And there will be those who will see him when he comes. And they will mourn at his sight. You say, what does that have to do with anything? I'll tell you what it means. It means that there is coming a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And listen, you can either declare him Lord in this life or one day you will declare him Lord. You see, for me, when I declare him Lord, he is my Savior. But there is a day coming when you declare him Lord out of, out of vengeance and meanness in your heart. But you have to bow before him and say, through gritted teeth, Jesus is Lord. But I'm going to tell you when that day comes, it's all she wrote. It's over. The day is coming when he will set up his kingdom and, and all the demons of hell and all of, the, all of the wickedness of this world will be cast in the lake of fire. You get to thinking this old world is not going to come to a right conclusion you're wrong it's coming to a conclusion because the king is coming that's why John uses that word behold it's like pay attention wake up the king is coming and when he does for those of us who are his children listen to me we will dwell in eternal grace and eternal peace and eternal love. So, is his grace 
sufficient to provide us peace in uncertain times? Oh, yeah. Yes, and, and amen. This is certain, he says. The question is, have you ever allowed his grace to flow freely in your life? Have you ever have you allowed him to come in by repenting of your sin and asking his forgiveness of your sin? Have you ever allowed him to loose you from your sin? And to become a part of his kingdom? Are you still in the kingdom of darkness? Listen, I want you to know everything I've talked about is because God loves you and you and you. It's because he wants you to be a part of his kingdom. And this morning you can be. No matter whether you're watching on video, whether you're here, if you've never trusted Christ, you can come to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the sovereign of the universe, and he says, I love you. Be my child. Some of you today are in a different spot. Your life has been racked by trials and tribulation. You're in the throes of some pretty hard and nasty stuff. And you've been struggling. Well, listen, I, I tell you, come today and allow us to kneel with you and drink deeply. Drink deeply, drink deeply at the well of his grace. And I promise you, you will gain his inexpressible peace in your life. You bow your heads with me. But Father, I'm so glad that you didn't leave us to wallow our way through uncertain times. That you didn't leave us to try to figure it out. But rather you call us to turn to you, our sovereign Lord, the Almighty, whose spirit moves from within us to guide us and direct us, who, who through your Son we have come to know what your love and grace. And Lord, if you would die for us on a cross, we don't need to worry about all the other stuff. And I'm so thankful. This old mean world is going to come to an end one day, and it will do so in a whimper when the King of kings and Lord of lords comes riding on the white horse and puts his enemy under his feet. But I want to be on the right side of history. Not like the world thinks. I, I want to be on the right side of your history. And Father, if there's one here today without Christ, draw them to yourself. If, oh, somebody just needs somebody to pray and encourage them in these uncertain times, call them. If somebody needs to join this church, you call them right now. It is your hour, your time, your moment. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Thank you for spending time with our church family. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, visit us online at pcbc.tv. There you can also contact us and find out how to connect with us through social media channels. And visit pcbc.tv podcast to listen to additional messages from Putnam City Baptist Church.